The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. So I wanted to do a Thanksgiving edition of the Stoic Jew podcast, and I was trying to think, what have I read in the writings of the Stoics that would be appropriate for Thanksgiving? And uh, I started looking through the text, and then suddenly it hit me, uh, the entire first chapter of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations is his Thanksgiving. Um, I explained uh, at the very beginning of the series that the reason why I started um, with book two instead of book one is that book two is really where the ideas begin uh, proper. Like that's where his, you know, the the actual like Stoic teachings. The entire first book of uh, the Meditations is Aurelius giving thanks to each of the people who contributed to um to who he is today. Now, some of them are very, very short. For example, the first three are, uh, this is just to give you a sample. We're not going to read through the whole book. He says, from my grandfather Varus, the lessons of noble character and even temper. From my father's reputation and memory of him, modesty and manliness. From my mother, piety and bountifulness, to keep myself not only from doing evil, but even from dwelling on evil thoughts, simplicity too in diet and to be far removed from the ways of the rich. But then some of them are like real portraits. So for example, uh, I'm not sure who this Maximus guy is, but he says, from Maximus, mastery of self and vacillation in nothing, cheerfulness in all circumstances and especially in illness, a happy blend of character, mildness with dignity, readiness to do without complaining what is given to be done, to see how in this case, in his case, everyone believed he really thinks what he says and what he does, he does without evil intent, not to be surprised or alarmed, nowhere to be in a hurry or to procrastinate, not to lack resource or to be depressed or cringing, or on the other hand, angered or suspicious, to be generous, forgiving, void of deceit, to give the impression of inflexible rectitude rather than one uh, of one who is corrected. The fact, too, that no one would ever have dreamed that he was looked down upon, that he was looked down on, on by him, or would have endured to conceive himself to be his superior, to be agreeable also in social life. And then some of them are much longer than that. And uh, he concludes with his thanks to God uh, for all of the circumstances of fortune, which allowed him to be uh, in the situation uh, that he is now that we're not in his control. So um, I was trying to think about, you know, what, what would what would uh, Marcus Aurelius say about the holiday of Thanksgiving? And, um, you know, clearly he he valued it uh, in terms of the fact that he devoted his whole first uh, book to these notes of like, you know, reminding himself of how grateful he should be to the people in his life and to to God. Um, but I was thinking, you know, really the essence of Thanksgiving in in the worldview of the Stoic comes down to, again, that classic opening of Epictetus to the Enchiridion, to the handbook. He says, on the one hand, there are things that are in our power, whereas other things are not in our power. In our power are opinion, impulse, desire, aversion, and in word, whatever is our own doing. Things not in our power include our body, our possessions, our reputations, our status, and in a word, whatever is not our doing. And that's the whole, that dichotomy of things that are in our control and things that are not in our control is the foundation of of every, of all the other Stoic teachings. And Thanksgiving is really an opportunity to recognize how, just how little is actually in our control and how the only thing in our control is our own, our, is our choices. And even our choices you know, our uh, our ability to choose freely, really, we would not have if not, obviously, if not for the fact that God gave us free will, but if not for the fact that God gave us the circumstances um, which allowed us to develop our use of free will. Um, and I'm reminded of the um, uh, the Puskin, you know, famous Puskin Devarim, um, which I'll read in English here. It's a series of Puskin here. Uh, Lest you eat and be satisfied. This is in uh, eight, uh, chapter eight, 
Psukim 12 through 18, lest you eat and be satisfied and you build good houses and settle and your cattle and sheep and goats increase and you increase silver and gold for yourselves and everything that you have will increase and your heart will become become haughty and you will forget Hashem, your God, who took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. Uh, and you will say in your heart, I, I skipped a few uh, words here, and you'll say in your heart, my ability and the might of my own hand made me all this wealth. And then, he, uh, and then you shall remember Hashem, your God, that it is he uh, that it is he who gave you the ability to make wealth. So my favorite commentary on this is really from the Drasha Saran in uh, the 10th Drasha. He says, I'm just going to read this in my English translation that I, that I made. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu warned Israel about two things. One, that they should not ascribe their success to their own ability and to the might of their hand. And two, that they should not ascribe their conquest of the land to their own merit. He began by saying, lest you, be eat, lest you eat and be satisfied and you build good houses and settle and your cattle and sheep and goats increase. And you will say in your heart, my ability and the might of my own hand made me all this wealth. Then you should remember Hashem your God that it is he who gives you the ability to make wealth. The meaning is as follows. The truth is that people, this is still the Ron. The truth is that people have different talents in different areas. For example, certain people are predisposed to receive wisdom, whereas others are predisposed to devise strategies to gather and amass wealth. On account of this, the wealthy man can truthfully say from a certain angle, my ability and the might of my hand made me this wealth, right? So in other words, um, this is me talking now. <laughs> in other words, um, you can, you know, people, people do use their talents and strengths. So you can say, it was my own ability and the might of my hand that made me this wealth. Okay. But then the Ron, here's the here's the, the main point. The Ron says, nevertheless, insofar as that ability was implanted within you, be sure to remember who gives you the ability to make wealth. Moshe did not say, then you shall remember that Hashem is the one who gives you wealth. For if he had said that, he would be minimizing the fact that the ability implanted within the person is an intermediate cause in the accumulation of that wealth. But this is not the case. Therefore, he said, although your ability is what made you this wealth, you should remember who gives you that ability. So I, I thought this is a really good, uh, a good nuance in the puzzle here. This is now me talking <laughs> um, that uh, that, you know, someone who is uh, who is wealthy. Um, yes, you are the one who used your free will to make all the decisions that got you the wealth. But who gave you the the abilities to be talented uh, in order to make that wealth or the circumstances which allowed you to apply those talents to success or, or, you know, any of these other things, all of those are from Hashem. And that's really what, what Marcus Aurelius is re recognizing in this first book, uh, you know, for person after person. And then at the end by thanking, thanking God, um, about all of the things that were not in his power that allowed him to achieve the success that he, that he achieved. And I just have to, I've, I've commented like this before. You have to think about, again, this is the most this was the most powerful person in the world at the time, you know, Marcus Aurelius, and 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 he's devoting his first book of of you know of, of his notes and meditations to recognizing just how little he can take credit for what for for what he accomplished, and you know who's the opposite of Marcus Aurelius? Uh, Paro Melech Mitzrayim, and I'm thinking here specifically of Yechezkel Chavtes Pasuk Aleph, Daber Amarta. So say, speak, and say, Ko Amrad Rashem Elokim. Thus says Hashem. Uh, God, Hini Alecha Paro Melech Mitzrayim, Hatanim Hagadol, Harovet Pesokia Orav. Behold, I am against you, Paro, King of Egypt, the, ser the great serpent who who crouches uh, in in his rivers. Asher Amar, who said, and this is Paro talking, Li Yori Vaani Asisini. So there's Machlokes how to translate that, but the the translation that I heard, as explained by. Uh, you know, the, the Redox says this, and I, I heard this first from a shir that Rabbi Chait gave. I, I don't remember what shir it was, that the river is mine and I made myself 
ani asisini, um, and 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 the way Rabbi Chait explained it was, Paro is the antithesis of, or I guess sorry, he's the antithesis of remembering ki, uh, that Hashem gave you chayel, and and he's the he's the the epitome of. Uh, of that the strength and the might of my own hand made me this wealth. And he's basically saying, yeah, I am the one who made myself. I'm a self-made man, you know? And, and even in terms of the river, you know, the, which in the, is the Nile, he's somehow in his delusional framework taking credit for that. I am the one, you know, the river is mine and I made myself as if like, as if he's, you know, as if, uh, what what uh, what Rabbi Sachs always used to say. This is a uh, uh, my Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Yoni Sachs, is um, you know there's the opening line of the Rambam. Yisod hayisod amen achakmos leda sheisham matzui rishon, and uh, and that you know that the, the foundation of foundations and the pillar of all science is to know that there is a first cause. You know the Rambam goes on to say how this is an independent cause and everything is dependent on him and he doesn't depend on anyone. But in Paro's world, it's Yisodi Yisos Vavonachachmos, Leda Shisham, me, right? That I am the independent existence. Everything depends on me, and I made myself, and I'm not, I'm not beholden to anyone, and I'm not responsible, uh, and I, I'm totally responsible for all my own successes. Um, and that's the, that is the opposite of a leader like Marcus Aurelius, um, uh, the mentality of Paro. So, anyway, just concluding thoughts here on Thanksgiving. That Thanksgiving is something that I think is uh, is very much in line. Um, not only with Stoicism for the reasons I said, but very, very much in line with Judaism uh, in terms of, I mean, I don't think I need to make the argument that Judaism is pro-giving thanks to God. You know, uh, it's one of the three critical components of tefillah. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I, I don't think I need to elaborate on that, but I just thought it would be good to read uh, uh, evidence from uh, Aurelius that he valued this idea also and uh, and to just highlight the stoic elements of this um speaking of gratitude uh again thank you to all of my patrons who donated to the patreon we are 50 dollars short from our our patreon goal of getting 500 uh commitments of 500 uh 500 which would then open up the ability for me to make other podcasts um and so if anyone would like to contribute the remaining 50 dollars um uh not necessarily as a lump sum but like you know any any you know any dollar amount towards that end three dollars five dollars ten dollars uh uh then uh, i will be uh, even more grateful and uh and hopefully hopefully that'll lead to more uh more ideas for everybody all right have a happy thanksgiving everyone